0: Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network, where we believe that we are people who (laughs) consume media and want to talk about it and understand each other better. Man, I started out really strong there and then panicked. (sighs) Okay. All right. Hold on. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. uh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network here at Geek Therapy. We believe that you can better understand yourself and the people you care about through the media that you care about. It's still not great. I, you know what? It's fine. We're going to keep going. This week is Mark's topic, and uh, I, I'm joined by Mark and Laura. Hello. Hello. <laughs> take it that away was, mark
1: that that was very sudden and for the record this is all staying in the episode
0: oh god absolutely
1: yeah this is i this really is thought 100%. i was gonna have it
0: and i i am sweating oh my
1: god
0: <laughs> it, I, it wouldn't, if only Sway was here to see it and I, honestly, I think maybe i'm gonna blame it i'm gonna i'm gonna blame and, it on that
1: and, and you know it wouldn't be a gt episode if link wasn't sweating honestly <laughs> that's, true. that's true um so yes so in this this episode, uh, or this week, um, I really wanted to talk about kind of like the idea of reclaiming your childhood a little bit as an adult. And also, I just really wanted to talk about my recent trip to Disney, because that's Ooh. where I went for my honeymoon.
0: Yay, Ooh. Disney.
1: Yeah. So to kind of like kick kickstart this episode, um, what I mean by like reclaiming your childhood is sort of like being able to do things or experience things that like, are typically associated with childhood things like um, like going to amusement parks and things like that. Like that's something that like, you know, you do as adults, but like, it's really like cherished as a child or something like Disney in and of itself. Like Disney movies are very cherished. Like they're, they're childhood movies for, you know, a lot of people. And for some people like That's something that they don't always necessarily get to experience or that experience becomes tainted in some way, shape or form, whether that's, you know, through, you know, things going on at home or someone um, just being able to severely distort the memory of something that was once good. And then as an adult, you go back to it and you sort of retake it for yourself and you are basically overriding that sort of memory with something good. Um, so like for me, I never got the chance to go to Disney. This is my very first time ever going to Disney. And y- you know, for someone like Lara, who is a uh, Disney child, um, who, I am
2: so shocked, Mark. <laughs> I know, right?
1: Just, I, you know, call it a hunch that you just happen to be going to Disney for many, many years. Um, but for me, like, that's something I, I never got as something I never was able to experience as a child, really because it, it just was not feasible for my family. Like, you know, I went to amusement parks, like, um, like here in Illinois, there's six flags, or I went to Cedar point in, in Ohio. Like those were things that like, I was still able to do. So it's not like I was fully robbed of that, but like that Disney experience. And so going to Disney and seeing all these rides of, like, it's a small world or, like, the Peter Pan's Flight or Space Mountain, like, things that, like, I heard about all the time growing up but never experiencing and now experiencing it as an adult, like, it felt good and also kind of felt, like, it felt bittersweet to, to a, like, a small extent. Like, it was like, oh, this is really cool. I, I'm so glad I get to experience this now. I just wish I could have felt this when I was a kid though. Like, you know, like I'm sure like, I don't don't know, have you guys have had anything like that? Like things that you've missed out on as a kid that you experienced as an adult?
2: Trying to think of an example of that. But Mark, I want to know if you got your first visit button.
1: I did. And I got my happily ever after button.
2: Good, good. Both very important.
1: They are very, very important.
2: Um, I don't know. I'll have to keep thinking and see if I can come up with something. I don't think I ever left my childhood behind. Uh, I think I'm a person who thinks that children's things are not just for children. And we can keep doing them whenever we want. Um, but it does remind me of the fact that the reason that I am such a Disney child and went to Disneyland all the time is because my mom was 10 when Disneyland opened, and her father promised her that he would take her and he never did. So the first time she got to go to Disneyland was when she was like first got together with my dad. And so she got to reclaim her childhood, which was a crappy childhood (laughs) and get to go to Disneyland. And she wanted her kids to be able to experience that all the time way to break that intergenerational trauma and take your kids to the happiest place on earth over and over and over (laughs) and now my kids are going to be forced to go over and over Mm -hmm. and over but um yeah so your experience is not like a solo journey other people have gone through that too
1: yeah i i definitely feel like i I never really kind of felt like alone Mm -hmm. in that sort of aspect of things but it is like and i'm i'm also the kind of person that like i'd feel like i've I've never officially grown up like i am still very much a child um off to my left here i have all my silly little knickknacks i got my you know stuffed kirby and everything like i am that
2: doesn't mean you're a child <laughs>
1: but like i i 100 still engage in imaginative play when i'm home alone like there is no no shame in that for me um so like i'm definitely in that boat and i understand like i'm not alone it's just i don't know like i don't know if anybody would have like sort of like the same experience that I did of like this bittersweet feeling of this is really awesome I really love and I'm enjoying being here and I'm totally geeking out and having the best time and at the same time it's like you know I could have had this as a child if circumstances were just a little different you know like I didn't grow up in in the best of homes um I, I definitely would say that I did have more of um you know opportunities and privileges than than most kids but i'm also i i think it's because like for me i started off relatively well off like in you know mid like middle class and then i when i was like 10 or 11 i witnessed it all get taken away from me. Like I then dropped to lower lower class basically. Like just really really struggling and getting to a point where I didn't even know when when I was going to eat next. So like to to have to like have those things and then suddenly lose that ability and then have to essentially grow up um you know way too soon about it and losing those experiences. I think that's kind of like where i'm at in terms of like things like that so like like going to universal or going to disney or like medieval times like that was like those are like things that like are cherished or something that's like more like that are more geared towards children and at the same time it's like experiencing them as an adult is definitely a lot different like obviously like going to epcot fantastic because i can engage in all of the things um
2: kids get bored (laughs) at Epcot
1: but like in terms of like the other parks like Magic Kingdom like I thought Magic Kingdom was going to be so much I I had a very different image of what Magic Kingdom was going to be like for me and then being there it was like oh this is really cool but I also see like a lot of this is geared towards small children and so There isn't necessarily a whole lot that I would like to see or like to do or, you know, the rides to go on this, that and the other. So it's like, like, if I was like, if I was younger, this would be so cool. As an adult, there are some parts of it that's really cool. And other parts, it's like, okay, I totally see this is so for kids. So, like, I don't necessarily feel as like, oh, I have to do that, even though so many people might suggest it. It's like, eh, I don't really feel like it because I'm now standing in the line for 75 minutes with y- y- seven, eight, nine-year-olds. So, I don't see, know. See, like I'm that, the like... one
2: standing in the line for 75 minutes with <laughs> seven, eight, and nine-year-olds because I don't care, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do get that like coming to it from a different perspective that like you, you you feel like you missed out on the joy of doing that as a kid um i remember when i was a kid there were a lot of things that were not joyful for me at disneyland i went on the matterhorn which is only in disneyland um, after I would not go on Thunder Mountain, and my parents left me on the rock out front. Times have changed. Um, Mm -hmm. They stood in line for an hour and a half for that ride. And the next day, I was like, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to go on this ride. I was like eight or nine, and the second the ride started moving, I was screaming, terrified, would not look, crying, did not want to be on the ride. Um, So kind of the opposite. (laughs) The child was like on – It's a kid's ride. Like, it really is. It's the shortest people, the shortest, you must be this tall thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did not, uh, I didn't go on that ride until I was, again, until I was 22, I think. Just because of the way rides closed and refurbishment and everything. I guess in that way, I kind of reclaimed my childhood and got to go on that ride and prove I could do it. Like, mm-hmm. 15 years later. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. It's I love hearing different people's perspectives of Disney and how they come to things
0: in this way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What say you, Link?
0: It, it's actually pretty funny. I feel like we're covering uh, a lot of demographics here because I went to Disneyland... Only as a kid. Um, I went when I was five, and then again at like 10 or 11, and then again at 16, and I um, Becoming an adult, Disney became uh, inaccessible to me because I didn't have the money to travel or to do anything in in the park uh, that I would have wanted to do. Um, so I've not been as an adult. <laughs> so this is this is fun. We're covering all of our bases here. Um, I guess we need somebody who's never been to Disney ever, uh, and then we'd truly uh, encompass all of the experiences. But um. I'm trying to think of an example of something that I wanted as a kid and didn't get, and then did get as an adult. The only thing that's coming to mind so far was when I was uh, a kid, um, we were not allowed to have a video game console, but we did have a PC and we had PC games and when I was probably seven or eight, I got a Game Boy. So it's like I had a handheld console. So it's like, while I didn't ever have the um, PS1, PS2, Xbox uh, experiences until after graduating high school, uh, when I got my first job at GameStop and I spent my whole first paycheck on consoles, um, (laughs) uh, I did not have that as a kid, but I don't really feel like I totally didn't get that experience because I still had video games in the house and I still played over at other people's houses. Um, yeah, but I do, There, you know, there was an aspect of, you know, when I brought home my Xbox 360 the first time there was a little bit of a, a bittersweet moment where it's like I'm sitting in, this is the, I was living on my own. This is the first time I was, you know, I was out of high school in community college. I was living uh, in a little cabin. Granted, I was right next door to my grandparents who I had been living with. So, again, it's like that sort of in between. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was alone in my house with my game console. And it's like, wow, I'm going to play fallout 3 for 12 hours straight (laughs) and and this is this is i'm finally getting what i always wanted (laughs)
1: uh yeah well see like i feel like that kind of brings up uh, another point like when it comes to like gaming in and of itself for me like i i like my dad had like the original nintendo and then i had sega and then i had the ps2 xbox 360 and things like that growing up um mainly just due to you know just being lucky on christmas i guess um but like for me like games are always viewed so negatively amongst my family and so like they did their best to kind of like taint the the ideas of video games and thinking like no like you need to be outside like i was talking about this just this morning at work because there was a question on the radio of like what are things we did as kids like that we would never let our kids do today um and like one of those things for me specifically was like my i remember one day like it my mom said like basically told me to go outside and i wa- walked outside she said all right i don't want you coming back into this house until you have grass stains on your clothes like i want your clothes to be absolutely dirty you're gonna be outside don't come back and then close the door and expected me to just go play in the neighborhood you know um And like that was their idea of things. Like they would try so hard to get me involved in like outdoorsy activities or or just being something away from a screen. And as I got older, like it was something that like I like doubled down on because I'm like, no, this is this is what I enjoy. And I took this back from the people that kept trying to tell me that this was nothing but a waste of time. Or I would say like. Even doing, like, things like this, like, recording a podcast, like, this is something that, like, my family growing up would have been, like, that's so stupid, what are you thinking, you should go get a, like, a real job, quote-unquote, and yet, to me, like, this is a passion of mine, talking about these sorts of things and doing these sorts of things, and I've decided to reclaim this part of my childhood that for so long was looked down on or ridiculed for all sorts of various reasons and it's so, like this is something I'm like no this is I'm taking this back this is mine I'm reclaiming this now as an adult and I'm proud of this which is why I said like I'll you know sit here and you know slow dance with my cat in the living room on my days off because why not you know I, if I want to, if I something I want to do, or if I want to s- spend twelve hours playing Destiny Two all day instead of doing my homework, <laughs> I'm going to do so because that's that's I you know I I want to reclaim that that part that I feel like I've lost along the way.
0: Definitely gotten uh, a lot of videos on my TikTok for you page that talks about um, like reparenting your your childhood self. Um, and so it's definitely something that has been on my mind. And talking about, you know, there are instances where you want something, and you tell yourself like, "Oh no, that's like frivolous. That's a waste. Like I don't deserve that. I, it's not for me. I'm, I'm a grown ass adult. That's not for me." And it's like, just slapping that part of you and being like just you do, do deserve this it will bring you joy and you should allow yourself to have that and in doing that your inner child really being like oh my god i'm finally getting the thing that i want and how much joy can just wash over you in those moments um yeah yeah i think yeah. it's lovely yeah
2: yeah it is wonderful, and it's wonderful to see that. I, um, I don't know. I, I relate to it less because I am the the spoiled, privileged kid um, that got everything I wanted um, as a kid. Um, not that my childhood was perfect, but I had parents that didn't look down on the things that I did. My mom was the one who bought me all my gaming consoles until she died, and then my dad bought me the gaming consoles. And she would play games with me. Um... So like I said I don't think for me it's reclaiming childhood because I don't think I ever lost it Some of my imagination might have gone I don't do as much imaginative imaginative play as I would like um spontaneously but I'm still I never stop playing with Legos I never stop playing video games
0: I, never stop all those things <laughs> I'm going to push back against that a little bit Laura I okay. feel like you have as you have mm-hmm. become more involved in Cast Gamers, uh, That's true. which you can check out at twitch.tv slash cast with two T's underscore gamers, you have been engaging in role play, which is very much imaginative play. And you you said yourself like you had done some D&D and stuff before, but, you know, much smaller scale. And now you're playing weekly, sometimes twice a week. I think, that, I think that you have reclaimed that part of you.
2: That's true. I, I see it differently. I think I didn't think of it that way because I see it differently than, like, when I used to go in the backyard with my Ninja Turtles and my G.I. Joes and my Barbies and, like, dig holes in the ground to make forts out of sticks and leaves and rocks um, with my friend and make, like, a pool with the hose and, like, that kind of thing. But I, I agree. It's different. It's all in because we don't play with miniatures online it's all mind's eye theater but um
0: yeah same kind of thing there's definitely overlap there yeah god now i want to go out in the backyard and make a mud pie
1: honestly Mm. i mean
0: (laughs) you and roz can do that (laughs) uh yeah yes there there has been (laughs) there has been some some interesting moments in you know spending a significant amount of time with a toddler um, and getting to really just be in the moment with her as she explores and and learns new things and uh, gets excited about stuff um I'm sure it's only going to get more as she you know gets a little older and starts talking and having her own ideas and stories and all that stuff. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that to happen, but uh, Yeah, I think, (laughs) I think a lot of what I I missed from my childhood was mostly like emotional support, Um, Mm. (laughs) not so much like experiences. (laughs) (laughs) This is like just emotional support. Um, That is something I have reclaimed as an adult, uh, creating, you know, a group of friends that they are my family and... They provide me with that kind of you know love and and support that I, I missed out on as a kid
1: um well i i would say that even even the idea of emotional support like that's still like an experience that you are missing out on like just that i like that idea of like a, of like you know, let's say like you're doing like a like you're in a show at, at school and all your family is there to, to cheer you on and and be there for you regardless of the role that you're playing, like, you know, that that's that would I would still say that's an experience and emotional support. Or if you're going through a really rough time or, you know, you're really struggling at school and they're there to like talk you through it or, or figure out like help you figure out a solution. Like those are still experiences that you are inevitably missing out on. And I would also 100% agree. Like, those are things that I too have also missed out on quite a bit. Like, there have been, like, in high school doing choir, um, there were multiple times when my concerts would be over and I'd be looking for my mom and she wouldn't be there. I'd call her and she would be asleep on the couch because she worked and she was tired and didn't really want like like the choir stuff wasn't really her thing so she wouldn't do that but if my brother was doing a sports thing and it was a game oh you better believe she'd be up bright and early in the morning to be there and support him through Mm -hmm. his games because they cherished you know athletic sports over you know more of the creative arts and I'm with Link like those are things that I feel like I definitely have reclaimed as an adult like Um, you know having a a support group and and a friend group that are supportive of the things that I choose to do like joining geek therapy Finding Mm -hmm. a a group of of like-minded individuals where for once in my life I finally felt like I found a place where I truly belonged and I could be my true authentic self I could let down all of the masks and nobody would would think of me in a negative light whatsoever like this is this is me in my purest form that hardly anybody ever sees Um, and even so like I would even say like even with my job like how I support the kids that I'm working with like there are things that I'm telling them or trying to help them through that I had wished I had heard growing up and so By telling like by working with these kids and saying these things to them and seeing their progress or seeing them change and then hearing back from past residents that had left like last year in the summertime saying I still am take I still remember exactly what you said to me and because of like the things you have said, I'm now doing so much better. And I'm really thankful for what you've done like that to me is like not only validation, but it's also like, I've reclaimed this part of me because not only was I telling this kid that, but I was telling my, my child self that like my inner child, I was telling them the things that I needed to hear back then. And it kind of helped foster this idea of, of growth in myself. So while I'm helping these children overcome their struggles, I am inadvertently also helping myself by telling the both of us what I, what we both need to hear.
2: Well, in that way, I will go along with Link's uh, point about cast gamers in my gameplay. So I had that. We had an episode a while back. There was that situation where I I ended up going through a whole lot of traumatic experiences I've been through. And now in this new game, we're playing Wander Home, which is a bunch of animals traveling the world. And I am playing... A child character who is separated from her parents and I did not go into this thinking anything about it Uh, like I I didn't think that I was going to get into my because I I I wasn't thinking when I created the character um, (laughs) that I was going to get into my trauma with losing my mom when I was young Um, and I had Uh, we, we ended up streaming on the anniversary of my mom's death and I had mentioned beforehand that I kind of didn't want to touch on grief and loss stuff too much, but my group in the best way, I think I trusted them enough to know that if it was too much, I could stop and hit the X card and we could use safety tools and it would be done. But we went with to this really cool place where, um, my character, Ollie, who her parents are not dead. That was a thing that I was very clear about. But she's lost from them. I basically created Feifel Mouskiewicz from uh, American Tail. <laughs> um, she was able to... There was a magical place where she could go to the forge um, where things get fixed. She, you, things that were broken that you had broken or something from your life found you and you could fix it. Um, and so she found a lantern that was her mom's that she had broken and in the process got to see visions of her past life with her family and then kind of get to talk to her mom. And, um, who oh boy, was that a doozy of an episode? Um... But it was wonderful and a way to that is my reclamation of my childhood, I think getting to hear things and do things that I wish I could have done and get to do that for myself now um, with people who I trust and people who I love, who I consider family, which is really cool. So yeah, and that's all, even though it's cast gamers, it's all because of GT because I met Kayla through GT and Bodana group through GT and then, that's that's where it all started
1: man gt really is making people cry it really <laughs> does
2: make people cry <laughs> all the time
1: oh my goodness no uh you know touching on things like that like oh my goodness like there there are like like for me growing up like storytelling was like my like number one thing like i i'm a person like like i can't write down a story like i can't like fully flesh out like a a complete story like the only time i can do it is if i'm like forced to um so like growing up like i had like all these ideas of like all these different sorts of stories and the thing is is that like a lot of my stories are like very like out there like i had one that was like a virtual reality thing kind of like what was it there's like um there was like a i can't remember if it's like a game or a movie where like you're going into the game and then you get trapped in the game and like something happens so then like if you die in the game you die in real life
2: sword art online yeah kind of like there's so many
1: examples of that (laughs) (laughs) exactly there's there's so Uh... many like
2: I like dot uh, hack or whatever. Like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Like I I knew I do remember it was kind of like Sword Out Online. Yeah, but then like there was like something in particular that like I was trying to reference, but like perfect it almost. And mm-hmm. like there was a thing about that, and like thing about like dealing with like more so with like family stuff. Also with that, that like was kind of teetering on like stuff I was dealing with at the time with my own family, and then now like I have like this whole trilogy like i have an actual trilogy completely like in my mind like i had it all written out and like all right this is how i want this story to go and i can't for the life of me write it down but like at the same time like this is like me like using storytelling and using these creative outlets to bring back pieces of me that like I had to leave behind or things that I never really got to like fully explore as a child because, you know, like, I, like I've been mentioning, like my family had a, such a big emphasis on sports and things like that, not creative things. So anything creative, they were completely dismissive about. So I usually left all that stuff behind. And now as an adult, like I'm bringing all these things back up to the forefront. And as ways to sort of, I don't know, reclaim myself and and reclaim parts of myself, kind of like what you were doing with, um, with cast, even though that wasn't necessarily your intention, that was still something that, that happened. And I think that's, I, I really find that, awesome and amazing and kind of jealous you know kind of want to do stuff like that at some point but
2: uh mark we need to you talk about the storytelling and everything we need to get you in on some rpgs
1: oh (laughs) oh my goodness uh, maybe after the recording i'll I'll let you guys in on on this story but like it's it's great and uh okay i'm gonna get sidetracked if i keep talking about it (laughs) anyway (laughs) quick somebody else it's very
0: exciting i've uh recently been going to the library a lot which i love i've been diving into just reading for fun again uh which you know after leaving my graduate program it took a while but i'm finally in the position Mm -hmm. where it's like oh my god like the joy of reading has returned to me and i've been reading some ya novels um which i did i did read as a kid obviously um i definitely grew out of YA novels pretty early because I was reading a lot and I guess I just was like, I'm too old for this. I'm going to read grown-up books now. And I have completely divorced myself from that. More grown-up than grown-up books. Honestly. At this point, I'm like, it's it's for my inner teen, but also just me. I fucking love it. It's great. But one thing I have noticed is a lot of the uh, more recent novels that I've been reading have like queer relationships in them and that was not something I encountered as Mm -hmm. an actual child and that I have had bittersweet moments of being like if I had read this when I was 11 so much Mm -hmm. would be different for me now because these are the words that I needed to hear back then and they didn't exist yet or if they did exist I didn't find them and now I have so many examples and it's great and it's it's been fantastic to have um, you know, and and in you know, like watching Shira and and Steven Universe and lots of modern cartoons where I'm getting the queer representation. Um, um I definitely Nimona is
2: coming out uh,
0: next year on Netflix. Oh, <sighs> anyway, uh, it's so good. But yeah, I've been um sort of going back and forth between reading like fluffy, sweet YA novels about. Young queers saving the world um, fairly easily, which mm, that's good. Love that. <laughs> um, and then also reading like real heavy books about like racism and serial killers and stuff like that. So really, kind of giving myself a little whiplash there, but uh, definitely fulfilling that that reclaiming of childhood aspect is like I'm getting I'm getting those pieces of me. I'm um, getting to feed that that childhood version of me that didn't get, you know, the nourishment that they needed. Um, I'm getting to give it to them now, and that's really swell. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I think about that and think about how um, I wasn't out to most people in high school. Um, and getting to play Life is Strange was really cool to... I- I didn't date women until I was 19. So getting to have like a high school romance in Life is Strange and get to play that out was so cathartic and so like, oh, this is great. I wish I could have done this as a kid. Um, and it didn't it didn't hurt that it didn't take too, place too much longer after high school for me. Um, so it was very nostalgic and like, reclaiming that space um but i get obsessive with any game where it's young people who are queer um or any book or any story because that's something i didn't get to experience because that was like i was out to friends but also not in a place where i was going to date women yet so i don't know that that's another way of reclaiming things yeah
1: Hmm. No. And I mean, I kind of felt like the same way. I mean, not in necessarily the queer aspect of things, but um, like with Steven Universe, like watching Steven Universe as an adult now, like as an adult, it was definitely the kind of show that I wish I I so desperately wish I had growing up. because you know for me like w- with my culture like it's it's all about that like machismo personality of like you have to be overly masculine and that is something i am definitely not um and I, i've always been you know very much like steven like very caring very empathetic very like warm and welcoming and just the complete opposite of everything my family really wanted me to be and having steven like be as a, as a cartoon was I, I remember like towards like the end of like season five when um like they had the big special. I remember like crying, watching it because I'm like, this is this is what I needed. This is what seven year old Mark needed to really validate themselves and, and let them know that like how they're feeling and how they want to interact with people is perfectly okay. And I don't necessarily need to be what my family is wanting me to be because that's what I feel like I spent a good chunk of my childhood trying to do is trying to be something that they would approve of and be okay with just so I could feel accepted and I feel like that dominated a good chunk of things so going through all the episodes of Steven Universe and 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 even going even further in depth with with here comes a thought and really breaking down these episodes and talking about the themes and everything that was going on in them like in a way it was also like me reclaiming those parts that i spent so long trying to please people that really didn't have my best interest at heart. I mean, they're like my family overall, you know, they're, they're supportive now. Like they've definitely have changed their ways since I was a a wee babe. But, um, but still like I'm reclaiming those parts of me that like I wasted trying to appease and please other people. And now it's like, no, I'm, I'm proud of who I am and who I've become. And you know this is this is something that baby me needed and now it's finally got it and you know it may have taken a lot longer and yeah to me it it does kind of suck a little bit but at the same time it's like I'm just happy that this is finally here and if I if I have children like they are definitely watching Steven Universe in all its glory multiple times just to really let it sink in for them To let them know like it's okay to be whoever you choose to be and don't let anybody tell you different, you know?
2: Hmm. I think that's the message most children need because a lot of children don't get that. We as adults put so much pressure on kids to be something. A lot of different types of things it could be be someone who makes a has a job that makes money be not queer be a certain way emotionally um and i think that yeah i'm glad that these things are in the world i wish we had them when we were younger but i am glad that um they're here in the world and everybody else gets to enjoy them including us as adults who can get let it touch our inner child and get to that that feeling there of like I needed that
1: definitely I um I can just say now I'm like now I'm like spiraling thinking back to like all the, all the things that happened in my child, and I'm like damn there's a lot a whole lot of things out there that I'm like you know, I wish I had this or like, oh, I wish I had known about this. And now that they're like out here now, like in the present, like, it's like, damn, where was this? And at the same time, like, I'm just glad it's, it's finally here. And finally being talked about. And and finally, you know, and in the process of being normalized or destigmatized and things like that, like, even seeing like, just like even having the proper cultural representation, like, um like with Coco for instance like just getting that part like for me like a sense of culture is something that wasn't always prominent in me and yet watching Coco I felt like I was reconnecting and reclaiming a, a piece of, of that that I felt like I didn't get to have as a child you know for for various reasons um none of them necessarily bad is you know just I tried, I guess, so hard to to conform to the American way of things and and not be so traditional um, in terms of like my Hispanic culture. But watching something like Coco, like that helped kind of bring it back a little bit and kind of spark this desire to want to reconnect with it and um, be more proud of the culture that I'm a part of and, and where I came from, you know, little things like that.
0: Okay, this is the we got we got a little heavy there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna swerve us back into the light. Um, you had your Disney experience. Tell us a highlight. What was something that was particularly joyful for you to experience?
1: Mm What was particularly joyful? I think it was honestly the Avatar ride. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like. Okay, this is also another thing that was like pretty bad. Was that? I went on the Avatar ride, and as I'm sitting there waiting, I'm like, I was telling my wife, I was like, You know, I've never actually watched the Avatar movie. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: and most, she was, <laughs> Most people that are going on that ride probably haven't. It's just the fact that the ride is really cool. And it I'm jealous so cause cool. I haven't been
1: on it. <laughs> it was so cool. And she was like, You haven't seen it? I've seen it like 10 times. And I'm like, one first off how it did not seem like a movie that like it did not seem like a movie that like would have piqued her interest but so the fact that she's seen it that many times was astounding and also i'm like okay well like i had every intention of watching it when it first came out but then it became sort of like game of thrones to me where so many people were talking about it and so many people were hyping it up that i just kind of was like "Mm, you know i kind of don't feel like watching it anymore and now that's kind of like with game of thrones like i've I've watched maybe the first two episodes of Game of Thrones and it's just, I'm just like, mm, no, because I also know that so many people complain about it after like season like six or seven, and then like, and I know everyone says like the last season, you know, for like a majority of people say it, it's not good. So I'm like, why am I going to sit here and invest all my time into something that I know may or may not disappoint me. Um, and I, Yeah. And so I'm like, I, I just I don't desire about it. Plus it's like so many people have talked about it. Okay, I, I can kinda pick it up from there. Or I can just watch a, a a YouTube video that like tells me the entire story of Game of Thrones so I can know what's what what people are talking about if I if I really wanted to. So that's kinda yeah. like what Avatar was for me. But going on the ride and experiencing it, I was like, Okay, no, I need to go and I need to watch Avatar. So that was like the first thing we watched when when we came home because for some reason I couldn't get the the the, the mirror thing on my phone to go onto the TV in the, in the hotel room. So I had to wait till I came home to actually watch it. But then when I watched it, I was like, damn, this is a good movie. And then I started getting a little upset at the fact that like, there's, they keep talking about a sequel being made, and I'm yeah, like, sequels. And like this, <laughs> sequels. It doesn't need it though. It doesn't need a sequel. Like it's, it's one of those movies. It, it, okay, I, I. There remember, are people
2: who would say Star Wars didn't need a sequel either.
1: I mean, I could, I could see that. I could definitely see. I also, the do, I
2: also don't know if Avatar needs a sequel. I, or like,
1: two. like the way it end, and like the way it ended, I was like. I think this is it a very good a way. To... Bow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was it was a really nice story. It was told like that was told. And it and it, like all like there was no real loose ends. Like it, it is what it is. Alright, perfect. End of story. It does not like what it what exactly you're gonna go into in a sequel. Like, okay, he's adjusting to life now as that but you see that him adjusting to it throughout the whole movie and that's why he makes this choice well, like that's why he decides that he wants to Trans basically transfer his life to his avatar, like okay, what what next? Are we gonna have now an intergalactic war now? Like, they're are they gonna try to like? Is he gonna try to like modernize them because he knows that like, the you know people from Earth are gonna come back full swing because of this battle? Like, I, I don't know, and I feel like honestly that's just gonna like, t- I don't know. I feel like it would just like over overdo it.
2: So one thing that came up for me when you were talking about this god i sound like a damn therapist (laughs) (laughs) um it was interesting hearing you talk about you hadn't seen the movie and um that you didn't really have a desire to and you got to go on the ride the ride was is one of disney's like groundbreaking technology kind of rides that gives you this immersive experience um The thing about Avatar when it came out that you missed out on was the groundbreaking 3D movie, right? That was the hype. The hype was, that was the first movie I saw in 3D. Um, That was the hype, that it was beautiful cinematics. And like, I remember watching it in 3D and the twinkling lights from from the trees and all of that were like floating in your face. And it was so beautiful. And I felt like I was there. And now I go to 3D movies and it doesn't feel like it's there. <laughs> like, it's not the same thing. But for me, that was the magic of the movie. And you missed out on that hype and, and that excitement. And then you get to go to Disney and relive it in a different way because it is one of their newer rides with this immersive experience that's supposed to be really cool. And I'm jealous that I haven't gotten to go on it. Um, you should be. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Um, I think it'll be a while before I make it back to um, Animal Kingdom and Disney World, but I think it's really cool that you got to reclaim your your childhood, and so You got to reclaim that movie and that experience. And then you decided to watch the movie anyway and thought it was really cool. So,
1: yeah. No, I I definitely can see that, and I, I do think like yeah, like I think like when it comes to those sorts of things, that like yes this was like the first 3d like real like groundbreaking like immersive movie for for disney i i definitely see that and like don't get me wrong like the this like the way the movie looks it definitely still holds up like it's one of those movies where i feel like it's going to hold up unless like we somehow get like virtual reality fully like if immersive interactive movies in like 70 100 years from now i don't know like like where you it's like you pick your own adventure movies basically it's basically what we're gonna eventually evolve into i'm sure but like i still feel like even though i didn't get like the 3d experience of it like still sitting there and watching that movie for the first time it it almost felt like watching like it, it almost kind of felt like watching like a new marvel movie like how like the excitement is for those like that's basically what it felt like as I was watching it, like I was like getting so engrossed in it and I was like getting deeply involved in it. And then like dealing with like the, the spiritual messages that they were, you know, highlighting in the, in the movie was like, damn, like I can get behind this sort of stuff. Like this, this is what I can work with. um, And, you know, like that's another thing, like even with spirit, like spiritual stuff, like growing up, was a catholic became just a normal christian um and then ultimately decided to kind of shy away from religion as a whole and to have movies and like i didn't really have a lot of movies that like challenged those thoughts and ideals and so to kind of like take that back because like that was something that was more so forced upon me and then i'll take it back and be like, no like these are my ideals and like here's a movie that's like falling in line with those things like i'm here for it I want to take that back from what was forced upon me uh, as a as a youth. So no, yeah, I I think it's I I now I just want to go back to Disney. Honestly, <laughs> I just want to go back.
2: I I always want to go back. As and, soon as I leave, I I want to go back. That, I'd that, live there if I could.
1: Honestly, yeah, could probably do that. I just want a lightsaber, honestly.
2: I want a lot of things because my <laughs> Disney has a Spider Man ride that <laughs> I want to go on too. Uh,
1: you just had to throw Spider Man there. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Guess I'm guess I'm going to Disneyland.
0: I'm over here fulfilling all of my amusement park ne- <laughs> needs by watching <laughs> YouTube short documentaries about all of the horrible things that have happened in amusement parks. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, In
2: my undergrad, I had to take a um, a public speaking class and we had to do an informative speech. And my informative speech was on all the deaths that had happened at Disneyland up until that point. Mm. And it was wonderful. I love that. Um, All of them, all of them at that point had not been Disney's fault. (laughs) (laughs) It was human stupidity. That was like... I'm going to try and sneak in on the monorail r- r- uh, rail yeah. track bam <laughs> like yeah or I'm going to be- get drunk at grad night and try to swim to Tom Sawyer's Island andro Ooh. yeah hmm. but yeah that was that was my speech because I love Disney that much
1: <laughs> I I remember I was kind of a jerk to to my wife cuz she like we were in line for Tower of Terror, and like she was not, it, she was not having it with the drop. Like she knew it was humming, and she felt like it was so unsafe. And like as we were about to like get on the ride, I was like, "Oh, hey, do you want to know something?" She's like, "What?" I'm like, "You know, a couple of days before we came here, there was like a news article that came out, and like there's like another amusement park in Orlando, and like this incident happened. And you know, obviously it's not Disney; it's something completely different. But like, oh yeah, and, like this, this." Poor individual, you know, they they died, and she just like the look she gave me, and I was like, what was doing now? You're a you person, <laughs> 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 and, uh, and then and then I watched the little slow mo that they like do for like the Disney like photos, like the photo shoot thing, to see the little slow mo of us like getting like like drop and then bounce and then like just to like see her face as she's like holding on to me for dear life. 10 out of 10 would 100% do it again.
2: I have so many pictures of me on ta- Tower of Terror was a ride that I was never going to go on. Um, that is like the one kind of ride I don't like. I don't like heights. Um, but for some reason, I, my sister was able to convince me to go on Tower of Terror. And then Guardians of the Galaxy in in California makes it a lot easier because it's very fun. Um, I liked the, the Tower of Terror piece, but like... You're rocking out some music, blasting in your ears and going up and down and being thrown all over the place. One thing I have to remind myself, they don't actually drop you. They're not dropping you. You don't get let go from anything. The ride actually pushes you up and down. It just feels like a drop because it's moving very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah. I would have killed you <laughs> if you had said that. To you. <laughs> you, if we were there on that ride, I would have murdered you. You no, would not no. have. You would have been the the one to stay behind in the twilight zone.
1: Mm, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, and I, I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I I'm terrified of drops and and terrified of heights. Like, heights in, in me are, are no bueno. But like, I was like genuinely excited for this just because like I knew what I was signing up for going into it, and I'm like, you know what. I'm gonna make this fun, and then we, when we sit in, and it's like 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 a cage, like an actual like elevator thing. I'm like, oh, all right. Unless this thing like breaks down and we plummet actually to the ground, I'm not falling anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm sit. I'm in a seat, and there's a cage all around me. Unless I'm somehow flying forward out of the open out of the openings, like. I'm going to be fine. So if, then if I was like, if you want to play on
2: hard mode, look down at your feet and you can see yourself plummeting to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Uh, next time. I'm 100% yeah. doing it. Yeah. No, that ride is terrifying. The only two rides at Disney that you will actually hear me scream on and not the fake, like, ah, woo! Splash Mountain, Tower of Terror. Real blood curdling oh my god i'm gonna die screams Mm
1: -hmm. i i would say actually splash mountain was the only one that we couldn't really do because like um when we were at magic kingdom like it was down for like a good half of the day and then they've been
2: having issues at that one
1: yeah and then like they did get it up and running and then by that point we were like we didn't really want to get wet yeah. like yeah. we didn't really feel mm-hmm. like it so we were like eh, it's all right it's fine and then like mount everest was the also the only other coaster that we couldn't do that like i was kind of excited for it, but at the same time i was like yeah oh, you know what like it's not like the ride's broken or anything it's like they're redoing it they're refurbishing mm-hmm. it so it's like it's whatever and so that's like okay all the more reason to come back and besides like uh, i think epcot's getting a guardians of the galaxy thing in the summer too yeah. like, they're opening mm-hmm. it up so i'm like all the more reason to have to go back Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I'm excited Uh, I I definitely am looking forward to another potential Disney trip however um, you mentioned Spider-Man so now that's my brain is hyper fixating so now I need to go Spider-Man
2: web slingers where you play the game you get to shoot webs at
0: things
1: (sighs) I need that in my life right now alright I'm going to start buying plane tickets (laughs) to California wonderful
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i i do i do have a, a, a smaller scale like i said before i only went to disneyland as a child but when the first time i went to disneyland when i was like five or six um my dad wanted to go on space mountain and so i was with him and we got all the way through the line and we got up to the front and I was terrified and I did not want to do it. And we got into the to the cart and the, the thing came down and I just started bawling. And so it's like you get in and it pulls forward up to the door and it stops again. And then you go through the – so it pulled up to the door and – Bless whoever was running the ride that day because they saw me and they were like, "No, I'm not going to let you." And so they they stopped and they let me get out. And my dad's like, "No, I'm still going on this ride." Um, and because it's like a three minute ride at the most. Yes, but so I stood there and I held the hand of a security guard while I waited for my dad to get off the ride. And I'm just like tears going. And when I went back, I was like, "I'm never going on Space Mountain." No, it's too scary. And then when I went, when I was 16, um, I was with a a youth group, so I I, I wasn't there with my parents. Um, And (laughs) my friend Bryn was like, "Look, I know it's scary, but you need you need to go on this ride, and I'm gonna be there with you." She was (laughs) several years younger than me. I had babysat her for a while, so this is just like little sibling being like, no, look, you can do this. You can do it. I'm like, OK. I love Space Mountain. It was great. I loved Space Mountain. Very much a moment of overcoming my fear and uh, mm-hmm. reclaiming that childhood moment, um, So, uh, a very big difference in experience of having a parent like forcing you to do something versus having a friend being like, no, I, th- I think that you will really enjoy this, and I want you to have this experience with me. Um, which was lovely, but uh, yeah, I did, I did, I did finally go on Space Mountain. I loved it, and um, if I ever go back to Disneyland, I will definitely go on Space Mountain again. So, <laughs> and now, right? Well, at least right
2: now, it is Star Wars themed. It is hyperspace mountain, and it is wonderful.
0: Um, it's pretty. I just, cool. you know, but, yeah. I I don't really like roller coasters because I don't like mm-hmm. the up and down motion, but I like getting mm-hmm. spun. Like I like and the teacups Space mountain is mostly mm-hmm. so that Space that mountain was the thing. A lot of nobody explained mm-hmm. you're that already to at me the top.
2: you're going <laughs> down the
0: whole time so It's, it's yeah. very much side to side motion in Space Mountain I was like oh this is 100% my jam I you were right Brynn I absolutely loved it um, but yeah uh, Space Mountain
2: you conquered a fear my mom never did she would not go on Space Mountain ever because she was scared of the dark that that and was the
0: thing so many people were like oh you're just scared of the dark I'm like it is not the dark that I have a problem with um a little bit because down. it's because I was like I can't see it so I don't know that it's not just an up and down roller coaster but um yeah no I like space I like stars that's cool that's <laughs> space is neat fan of that um but roller coaster well, I don't know I don't know about that uh, but yeah, no, I am glad that I did finally do that. That was a, that was a, a good moment for me.
1: I loved. It. I loved all the things that happened in the dark, like the pitch dark. It was It was the greatest experience that I've had. Like just not knowing what was happening. and then all of a sudden just whoosh. I'm like, yep, this is this is it. This is what I live for in my life. Just pitch, black, excitement and thrill.
2: Let me tell you, I've been on Space Mountain once where the ride broke down and I had to turn all the lights on. The the magic is not broken forever, but like it was a little bit experience. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you look around and you're like, oh, this is way smaller than I expected it to be. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. But reclaim that childhood. do the things you didn't get to do. Yes.
1: Exactly. And do not be ashamed about them either. Take pride in it.
2: Hell, yeah. Exactly. Always be proud of the geekiness in your life. All right. Any final thoughts?
1: I think we're good.
2: I want to go to Disneyland. That's my (laughs) final thought.
0: (laughs) I want to go to Disneyland with you. Like, I don't, I don't really feel the call of Disney, but I feel like if I went with you and Nina, I would have the time (laughs) of my life. Because you would feed off our joy. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'd just be like, look at your two smiling faces. (laughs) Yum, yum, yum. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Just siphon Mm -hmm. all the joy.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, this has been a fun episode. Uh, I'm going to say farewell from GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network, (laughs) where we believe (laughs) that the best way to understand ourselves and others is through the media we care about. Nailed it. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. You can find all of our social media and um, links to things in the show notes. Uh, You can check us out at geektherapy.org. And... I hope you have a lovely rest of your day, whatever you're doing, and uh, we'll be back next week. Mm, Bye. (laughs) Yay!
1: Geek Therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture. To learn more about our mission and become a supporter, visit geektherapy.org.